the Chinese year of the black milkshake. Welcome to Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast with me, Orma Kirko, and him, Ray Mack. And we're back in our local juicer, and as always, sponsored by James Joyce, our local juicer. In today's episode, Shakers, you're going to find out about James Corden's new plans after he got banned from America, after smearing mashed potatoes on a table (laughs) in a diner. And he talks about his deep love of all things Viking, plus all the usual Micmac, Paddywhack, Tom Foolery and shenanigans, Jimster. Don't forget, we're on Grow Radio UK, uh, home to the biggest selection of podcasts available on a single radio station. But let's get back to our show anyway. This week's show is fuller than a fat cat in a creamery. And if that doesn't make you hungry, we've got a sneak preview of Burger King's latest ads from our friends at Hackett Technologies. Flame-grilled burgers that pack a punch. Why eat with a clown when you can eat with a king? At Burger King, we've got time for you. Sink your teeth into the irresistible walloper, sheer flame-grilled gristle perfection. Only the best British and Irish concentrated agricultural feeding operation cattle go into our delicious patties that'd bring a little tear to Ronald McDonald's Jap's eye. I'm liking it. All of our burgers are made from vegan cows, so why not stop by your nearest Burger King and savor the impossible walloper taste, plant-based meat alternative? You really won't tell the difference. Bugger King, slightly better than McDonald's. <laughs> Mac loving it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those funny things, isn't it, really? That, um, you know, for years and years and years, people have been saying that, you know, Burger King is better than McDonald's. I mean, it's still crap, but it, it, I think that's its thing, isn't it? That is its whole selling point. It's slightly better than McDonald's, but it doesn't advertise itself very well. Um, you know, Ronald McDonald, Ronald McDonald, for example, the Hamburglar, all of this kind of stuff. They have the catchy tunes and all that, and that's the best that Burger King can come up with. Are, are you uh, a, a BK or a uh, McDonald's man, Ray? Neither. Uh, somebody introduced me a while back, a couple of years ago, to Carl Jr.'s. They do a lovely burger. Don't know if you've tried out. Carl I've, I've tried it. I've tried it. I find it still pretty similar to uh, to Burger King, to be honest. There's a really good one here, a Turkish one yeah. called uh, Burger Yeelam, and uh, which which means pretty much let's eat burgers, doesn't it? I think. But when, when you go in there, they ask you how you want your burger cooking. <laughs> and seriously, and so that doesn't mean just sticking it on a um, in a pan like at McDonald's or on the grill, uh, what, they, what they actually do is they cook it properly and they recommend that you have it medium rare. Now, with the quality of the burger that you'd get at McDonald's or doesn't matter if they flame grill it, does it, or stick it up their arses, you can't, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do medium rare with that quality of meat. So they are absolutely fantastic. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you be ready? I, I, nearly, the, uh... I, I nearly would. I was just going to tell you something else. Though. But uh, on, on the subject of fast food and, and stuff like that, with we bought a, an air fryer yesterday. God, how fantastic. So we've done a Chinese beef curry today and uh, we've done some chips with it. And a spoonful of oil gives you the effect of a whole vat of oil in a chip shop. It's absolutely superb. I'm going to be excited about that and having wet dreams about it probably for the next few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
Okay. Uh. <laughs> Less of that, lad. Are you ready for the uh, segment of the show? True or false, Jimster? I am. Good lad. Good lad. A rock question, Jimmy, to kickstart the true or false segment. What's a group, Jimmy, that both of us are very, very fond of? Def Leppard's Rock Mm -hmm. of Ages begins with a voice that says, Gunther Gleiben Glotten Globen. Producer Mutt Lang said this because in 1982, after appearing as a special guest of Kermit the Frog on The Muppet Show, he became a huge fan of the Swedish chef and used it in the 1983 smash hit a year later. Gunther Gleiben, Glatten Globen, Jimmy. Um, yeah, uh, it sounds, it really sounds like German. Um, and when I was a kid, before I spoke German um, properly, I thought that it was German. There's also a children's German rhyme that actually sounds very much like that. Um, yeah, I, it, what is it? Gunther Gleiben, Glauchen, what? <laughs> I'll do it again, but yeah. Go on then. Gunther Gleiben. Glauten Globen. Glauken Globen. That's it. Yeah. And they, they also say it in that um, th- there's this kind of way of speaking that I don't know why you get this, but sometimes there's a certain kind of German man who, who uh, for some reason, has this kind of voice and it, it sounds like it says, Gunter Gleiben Glauken Globen. And. <laughs> <laughs> and it just sounds brilliant. I think there was a, a pop song about four or five, I don't know, four, I say four or five years ago, that probably means about 15 or 16, um, that used I, that tell as you. well. What was it? A little bit later. That right. was in 1998, Jimmy. It was sampled by Offspring. They had a oh. huge number one hit all around Europe with uh, Give It To Me Baby, Give It To Me Baby, I'm Pretty Fly for a White Guy. All right, uh, that would be about it. So what, what did I say? Four or five, four or five years ago? <laughs> Shows how much attention I pay, doesn't it? But right. when I heard um, when I heard that version in 1998, I thought he was saying Unser Leiben rock and rolling. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jimmy, is it true or false, you bollocks? Oh, I thought I said it was true. Uh, it's false. <laughs> Why? How the hell Mutt is it? L- <laughs> Mutt Lang just purely got feck and tired, Jimmy, and pissed off counting uh, the band in with one, two, three, All right. four. One, two, three, four. So he started saying this. Okay. <laughs> I can't, but why can't I get the Swedish, the Swedish chef out of my mind now? <laughs> I, I've actually forgotten what the question was now. I'm not sure. What was I answering, true or false? Go on, tell me what you asked me again. Def Leppard's Rock of Ages begins with a voice that yes. says, Gunther Gleiben. Okay, Rock I thought that was the question, and that's what I was saying true to. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all right, Jimmy. It's such a fault. <laughs> Too much yeah. of that food on your new machine. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people avoided going to Def Leppard's uh, concert because they were allergic 
für Gluten, Gleiben, Glatten, Globen. <laughs> <laughs> On a final note, a lot of shakers all their life, Jimmy, out there, wanted to hear this explanation. Yeah, don't mention it, everybody. You're very, very welcome. Every day, Jimmy, is a school day on Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast. Chalk it down, pal. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Jimmy, a <laughs> little bit of information. Lead singer? Who was the lead singer, Jimmy, with Def Leppard? Come on, easy one. Joe Elliott. Yeah, Joe Elliott was on an Irish TV show uh, called Number One in 1989 for two series, Jimmy, after the end of Hysteria Tour. Elliot is the driving force, the singer of Def Leppard, and he lives and operates a recording studio, Jimmy, known as Joe's Garage. In Dublin, in, isn't it? In Stepaside, Dublin, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was also, Jimmy, now you didn't know this one, he has also been the lead singer of the David Bowie tribute band, The Cybernauts. I'm not actually surprised. And I remember in interviews, he was always talking about David Bowie and, mm. uh, and, Mot- the Mot- the, well. and Mot the Hoople as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, he uh, did the uh, cover band. Uh, he did both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good skill. You know, yeah. I, I watched an interview. It was during COVID, actually, which is probably mm-hmm. probably about two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But I, I watched an interview with, I think it was called Planet Rock or something with uh, Joe mm-hmm. Elliott. And it was a long interview. It was about an hour. And he was being interviewed by this youngish woman. She might have been about 25. And, you know, she was a very cool uh, rock journalist. Uh, She might have been. I can't remember what she looked like, to be honest. But it just occurred to me whilst I was listening to this, that somebody who'd followed Def Leppard for years, she Mm -hmm. did not have a clue what she was talking about. She'd obviously been at one or two of the shows. She didn't know much about the history. And I was really impressed with Joe Elliott. Um, he clearly had a lot of, lot of time for her. And I think some celebrities would get all uppity about that, you know, if you can't be bothered researching our things. And he was just so incredibly nice with her and um, saved mm-hmm. her from being embarrassed and answered the good parts of the question that she asked. You know, and I just thought that was really cool because I, I always liked him at the time, but it's good to see that he's um, he's not an arsehole. Well, fair, yeah, fair play to him, Jimmy. He didn't go all animal. <laughs> no, I mean, a gentleman, and I, I'm glad to hear that. But me and yourself, Jimmy, we, we do know a good fair bit about Def Leppard, and we are certainly big fans. Mm-hmm. That was the first gig I ever went to, Def Leppard, actually. Oh, good man, good skills. Ooh. Okay, mine was uh, Chris Rea. Yeah. Was it, was it really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Question number two. <laughs> Go on, then. Talk. Roaches. I beg your pardon. <laughs> cock roaches. I thought you said mm. I thought you said cock munchers for a minute. No. Okay. <laughs> Listen, cock roaches <laughs> <laughs> clean themselves after touching a human. True or false? <laughs> <laughs> Animal celebrity. True. Mm. Um, I have honestly no idea about that one. Cockroaches. Well, everybody yeah. says that they're filthy, dirty, don't they? Mm. Well, actually, I'm going to tell you now. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Second true. It's true. I was, I was just going to say true, yeah. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Sympathy <laughs> pronounce, the, the, pronounce the animal's name again. Cockroach. Okay, I'll give it to you. It's true, okay? Okay, cool. <laughs> Cockroaches shakers groom themselves. 
not only for hygiene purposes, but also to keep their sensory organs, such as antenna clean and functional. Their antenna are essential for sensing their environment and finding food gymster. Mm -hmm. So keeping them clean is essential for their survival. Okay. Uh, Yeah, well, amazing. I just wonder why they like to walk through shit then in that case I, I would just walk away from that in the first place <laughs> jimmy <laughs> but in theory in theory theoretically speaking i also clean myself after touching some humans inside and outside jimmy <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you do. No, but seriously jimmy commuting in a huge city like istanbul considering the type of people i've had to sit next to in the metro every workday this mm-hmm. makes complete sense to me oh it does yeah. Oh, I wish, I, Jimmy. I wish I could bike it, for example, around Istanbul. But it's deadly, fecking dangerous, pal. Mm-hmm. You want to get Mark Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You want to get yourself a milf machine? That's the future. Oh, yeah. I it really is. Just, hey, just getting back to uh, to cockroaches. Two tiny stories there. Um, yeah. Good man. Many Obviously. many oh, yes. years ago, um, I was living in France and. Uh, I had this this girlfriend there, and we lived in a building which had um, lots of cuisines taking place from all around the world with not a lot of refrigeration. And she woke up in the morning and actually had a cockroach on her cheek. And um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was about the size of, say, a thumbnail or something like that. But I mean, God, how disgusting was that? But years later, um, I thought that was bad. But years later, I moved to Malaysia. And um, on my very first day at work there, I saw this cockroach in Mm. the toilet. And it was longer than my index finger. It was absolutely huge. And I realized that the ones that we have in places Mm. like this, these are kind of junior ones. But honestly, I reckon we'd be talking about nearly... I don't know, my finger's probably not 10 centimetres, but it was longer than that. So I, I reckon it was about 10 centimetres long. And you almost can't kill them. Jesus Christ. Seriously, no. Jimmy, though, when I, was, uh, when I was a kid, I was absolutely terrified of earwigs, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Because I thought they came out of your ears, Jimmy. <laughs> I, used, I used to think that too. Or that good, they went, good, went into uh, your ears. Yeah. Good thing I didn't know about cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> one out of two pal yeah okay all right <laughs> you didn't completely cock up did you <laughs> no i didn't i didn't I, I can't think of a great joke for that unfortunately i'm, I'm still pretty proud of myself with the chris Rea thing to be honest <laughs> inside out in istanbul with lisa morrow When I first came to Turkey in 1990, almost every man I met wore a moustache or beard. Arm and slim, long and drippy, small and square, the variations were endless. At first I just assumed each style was down to personal choice. Then I stumbled across an article in the only English language newspaper around at the time and learned there was a lot more to the picture than mere facial hair. Whisker politics was a serious business in Turkey in the past. During the 1800s when the Ottomans were trying to modernise the country and again in the 1970s and 80s, Moustache and beard styles told the world and his dog everything they needed to know about your political allegiances and religious leanings. The post-butte, where a bushy moustache hangs down from the nose over the top lip, is fairly common. I've seen them on officials, officials or Maganda, the Turkish Romeos who modelled themselves on John Travolta's character Tony Monero in Saturday Night Fever, complete with unbuttoned satin shirt, hairy chest and gold medallion. I'm told beer foam tends to cling to them, 
the moustache, not the dagger. So drinkers be warned. One of my favourites is the Parlebu, an outrageously styled and sometimes manicured moustache. It's usually curved and treated at the tips with brillantine or wax. Back in the day, a man with one extending several feet out from either side of his face used to walk the streets of Sultan Ahmed, charging tourists to take his photo. Not surprisingly, he was very popular. The djembe, or crescent beard, denotes strict religious beliefs. A much longer version of his style is the Hajj Sakala. You'll see it on men who've been on the Hajj. That's the pilgrimage to Mecca. While there, some have an imam, like a priest, read a prayer over their beards, making it holy. Afterwards, they never cut it off, opting instead for a tidy up now and then. The unfortunately named Hitler moustache, armoured in shape, that perches above the lips, is most often favoured by conservatives in reference to both their politics and their religion. A goatee used to indicate education and culture, signalling the wearer had studied either philosophy or literature. A ketchisakla man could usually be heard quoting poetry or the classics from memory, and of course, smoked a pipe. These days, however, goatees are frequently worn by young and, you know, not-so-young men, also sporting man buns, in the hopes they'll be mistaken for their favourite pop stars, or at least somewhat younger than they really are. Whichever style a man flaunts, having facial hair is of enormous importance in Turkey, just as it is in neighbouring Middle Eastern countries. Over the last few years, increasing numbers of baby-faced men have been coming to Turkey to have, wait for it, lip hair transplants. You heard that right. Hair transplanted onto, or should they be into, their lips. I shudder to think what's involved and where the hair comes from. Personally, I prefer men who are clean-shaven, especially when it comes to hitchhiking in Turkey. But that's another story. So there, there we are. That's uh, that's the story of facial hair in, in Turkey. Um, it's, actually, it's actually true, though, isn't it? There are some employers who insist on the facial hair that you have here, aren't there? Yeah. I mean, you're all right, right? Because you uh, clean you, you shave, shave every day, don't you? I do, I do. Not that I need to. Mm-hmm. I just like mm-hmm. to be clean shaven, Jim. I, I couldn't go in with all that goatee and all that facial hair. I just don't have the time uh, to nancy a boy with her, you know, around with it. Well, you don't need to do anything with it. I mean, I, I remember a friend of mine years and years ago. I probably, I've had some kind of beard for the last 15 years, I would say. And uh, this hmm. friend friend of mine, Steve Gregory, one day, he said um, Steve was ever so precise and liked all these products uh, on his face and things like that. And uh, he he said to me one day, um, yeah, you, you, I, I like your goatee. He said, could you give me any advice on how to grow a beard? And I mm-hmm. said, yeah, just don't shave. But I also don't want my moustache or whatever stuck in my favourite tipple black milkshake, you know, with mm-hmm. the cream on it. Not my, my cup of tea. And that uh, Maganda, that was a great word. She brought up the Maganda. She was right, but the Magandas do it. I mean, straw all the way out, spread them out, take mm-hmm. over the whole goddamn Metro bus or Metro. Seriously. And the shirts opened, white socks. And Jimmy, a lot of mm-hmm. Magandas, they don't like to share their cigarettes, so they stick them down their socks, their white do socks. They, yeah. They? And they, they tell their best friends they don't have any cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious. That's the day that's in it. At least it probably just didn't get around to that part. Yeah, she she probably didn't. She probably didn't. She didn't. She decided not to drag it out. You know. <laughs> well, there's no smoke without fire. <laughs> Don't mind. Wait a minute. Chin chin. Cheers, Jimmy. Cheers. Cheers. We forgot to do that at the beginning, actually, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can bring it in. <laughs> you can bring yeah. It in. All uh, right. 
I think um, we'll go. We've got some uh, celebrity news coming in right now from LEBC News, and we've got a story about. I don't know if you heard about this, uh, Ray. Actually, a few weeks ago, that uh, Orkney, one of the islands to the north of Scotland, has said that because um, this they said that before that if Scotland got independence that they were going to declare independence from Scotland and what mm-hmm. they're actually talking about doing now is because they used to belong to Norway until about uh, 500 years ago mm-hmm. and they're actually saying they're not really enjoying how things are going on up in the North Atlantic at the minute and this they're actually talking about having a referendum about rejoining Norway and on that topic let's go and see what the lovable James Corden's been up to <laughs> Good afternoon, Licky and it's Wednesday, July the 12th. You're watching LEBC News Showbiz with me, Alphonse Gallipoli III. We're hoping you are having a great day, sir, ma'am. Bringing you the stories that matter with zero bias. Portly celebrity James Corden, the renowned North Atlantic Island archipelago, has announced plans to emulate the Orkney Islands and become a Norwegian Crown Protectorate. With more detail, let's go over to our Hollywood correspondent, Joe King. Joe, welcome. Thank you, Alphonse. In an unexpected turn of events, the attention-seeking celebrity James Corden has announced his desire to follow the Scottish Orkney Islands and open talks about joining the Kingdom of Norway as a semi-autonomous province. Corden, famous for insulting waitresses and generally being an overrated fat git, is a fertile and vast archipelago in the North Atlantic who have decided they shall align with the Scandinavian country. If Corden does unify with Norway, he will become the fourth largest landmass in the North Atlantic. Corden, a self-proclaimed lover of Nordic culture and Viking history, was fascinated as a child by Vicky the Viking and believes that by joining forces with Norway, he can bring even more laughter and joy to the world. I've always felt a deep spiritual connection to Norway. Are they called Fords? Those big watery things? Yeah. Fords, they're called, I think. They love for animals and their cuisine. The great thing is that they keep reindeers and waves as exotic pets. And when they get bored of them, they just eat them. <laughs> it's also incredibly enchanting and sustainable. And let's not forget they've got Ulrika Johnson. I knocked my first one out of her. <laughs> and of course, not only did they invent that and absolute vodka, they also have Eskimos. <laughs> While some may view Corden's proposal as nothing more than a whimsical notion, he has managed to garner surprising support from the residents of his lower intestine and bulky body mass. Local parasites and fat deposits have all rallied behind Corden, seeing it as an opportunity to showcase their talent on an international stage. We've always been the comedic underdogs, yeah? But we're looking forward to James Corden leading the charts so we can finally show the world how funny we are in comparison to him. Plus, his large landmass could also provide sustenance and housing to disadvantaged Norwegian families. Said Norwegian comic Jan Skodvin. Not everyone, however, is thrilled with the idea of Corden transferring to Norway. Some sceptics argue that it would disrupt the delicate balance of prosperity and integrity in the region while others worry about the potential harmful car karaoke's that could damage the local ecosystem. Nevertheless, Corden remains undeterred, promising that the merger would bring tremendous benefits to both sides as he learns lots of jokes about pickled herrings while simultaneously managing to con Norwegians into thinking he's talented, as he has done previously in the UK and USA. He envisions setting up a comedy festival like no other, 
featuring the best of Norwegian humour mixed with his own brand of shittish wit. As news of Corden's ambition spreads, social media has erupted with numerous memes, hashtag Corden to Norway and hashtag talentless twat now Norway's problem have become trending topics on social media. While it's unclear whether Corden's dream of joining Norway will ever become a reality, one thing is certain, nobody else wants him. This is Joe King, signing off. I, I love the uh, the clip with, uh, with with Corden where he's uh, explaining all the the things that he knows about Norway, which are mainly Swedish things. But did you hear what he was listening to in the background? That's the secret, isn't it, that we all learnt during uh, COVID time when we were on Zoom. <laughs> Switch the volume of your porn movie down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, grab <gobshot>. shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, Jimmy, by the way, I got a chance to finally see Oppenheimer. All right. Is that, is that the one about the uh, the plastic doll? <laughs> now, as our avid listener, go away from around me. Go away from around me. <laughs> Jeffrey uh, Maguire said last week, and I totally agree, but a brilliant, agreed 100% totally, Pivotal Jimmy performance from mm-hmm. uh, Killian Murphy, and it is supported like like Jeffrey said, it is supported by an incredible cast. Jimmy, interesting storyline which I didn't know much detail of, seriously, mm-hmm. and an interesting approach actually to telling it. Right, so, I, I will actually try and watch this. I mean, um, uh, you you and Jeff have made me feel like I'm some kind of uh, social pariah <laughs> already, so I guess I'm going to have to do it. Um, no, seriously, Jimmy, no, seriously. Seriously, strong recommendations for this one. Go see it, mm-hmm. Jimmy. But seriously, go see it in the cinema. Seriously. No, don't do cinemas. Don't do cinemas. Okay, okay, okay. And top, top, top use of the hat, pal. Top yeah. use of the hat. Yeah. Big five stars from me, Jimmy. Definitely. All right. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Well, the last one that you recommended was The Banshees of um, Inner Sharon, which I did watch, not in a cinema. And that was absolutely great. So, yeah, why not? Good night. Yeah, Get, good keep night. me off the streets for a day or two, won't it? <laughs> Will indeed, Jimmy. Good man. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Black Milkshake, best posts of the week. This week's offering, uh, Jimster, is from Ashton Thompson in Darwin, Australia. Tell oh, very wow. much, Lee. Yeah, this is Ace, mate. I'm sure you're over there in Australia at the moment having a Barbie. Nothing yeah, or, to do with, and a, or, do with or an it. Oppenheimer. <laughs> throw a couple of shrimps. Throw a couple of shrimps on the Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It was the first day at school. And a new student, the son of a Japanese businessman, entered the fourth grade. The teacher greeted the class and said, let's begin by reviewing some American history. Who said, give me liberty or give me death? She saw only a sea of black faces. She saw only a sea of blank faces. I thought you <laughs> meant that. <laughs> For that of Toshiba, who had his Hand up, Jimmy. Patrick Henry, 1775, said the boy. Now, said the teacher, who said government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Again, 
No response except Jimmy from Toshiba. Abraham Lincoln, 1863. The teacher snapped at the class. You should be ashamed of yourself. Toshiba, who is not from our country, knows more about it than you do. As she turned to write something on the blackboard, Jimmy, she heard a loud whisper. Damned Japanese. Who said that? She demanded. Toshiba put his hand up. Yakoka, 1982, he said. At that point, feeling completely disgusted by Toshiba's classroom, superiority, a student in the backside. I'm going to throw up. Teacher says, who said that? Again, Toshiba realizes his hand is up and he says, George Bush to the Japanese Prime Minister, 1991, Jimmy. Now furious, another student yells and screams from the top of his voice, Oh yeah, oh yeah, well suck my John Thomas. And again, Jimmy, (laughs) it's our Toshiba with the answer. (laughs) Ah, Bill Clinton, Paul Monica, Nowinski, 1990, stop on. (laughs) Jimmy. Oh, God. (laughs) Good old Toshiba. (laughs) Oh, bloody hell. (laughs) That's a good one, Jimmy, though. Yeah, it was. Hey, I tell you, just John Thomas again. I I, I told you uh, a couple of weeks ago, didn't I, that I I knew the footballer who was John Thomas, but I was Mm. really, really amused uh, last Saturday watching uh, the Premier League starting again, watching Match of the Day, and... Mm. um, uh, I think West Ham's goalkeeper is called uh, Ariola, isn't he? Something like that. And he, he made this mistake. Uh, and uh, I, I remarked that uh, Ariola's made a tit of himself again to my wife. Uh, which, <laughs> can you imagine being called that? I think that's actually <laughs> actually worse than being called John Thomas, isn't it? There was a German footballer once. I mean, there have been a few. I mean, Larsen, Sven, Bender were quite amusing. Not, not that that means anything in German, of course, but I liked the guy. Um, you wouldn't pronounce it this way in German. You'd pronounce it Minge. But um, when you look at it in English, the German footballer's name was Ralph Minge. <laughs> i tell you what, next time it's time to rebrand you, Ray, for a month or so. What about Ralph Minge? I think that's a really good name. <laughs> Just as we're talking, Jimmy, this just popped up. On, <laughs> this just popped up on my mobile telephone uh, about Oppenheimer. Oh yeah. Sex scene sparks controversy among India's Hindi right wing groups. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Ah, fuck's sake! Now wait a minute, Jimmy. Isn't that the same country where Kama Sutra originated from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you wonder, and you wonder why I feckin' drink, pal. <laughs> <laughs> What's their problem, man? I don't know. I don't know. Like but the, the world, yeah, yeah. It's going in a mad direction every part of the world, isn't it? Anyway. Okay, that's all, folks. Next week, we've got Greg the Cleaner back. And he gets invited to a rather um, unusual party at Hansi's. And we're going to introduce two very, very funny guys who call themselves Two Jews. I don't know if you've seen these guys, Ray. They're, they're a musical comedy duo. They're based in Berlin. And the songs cover topics such as daytime drinking mm. and what, you know, uh, what you would do if you find out that your wife's been going to a sex club without you type of thing. <laughs> And but what they do, they're superb. These guys, they walk through the streets of Berlin uh-huh. with, a, with a guitar, and one of them's uh, an ex-opera singer, but they're also 
they do stand-up comedy as well. And um, they'll just go and sing anywhere and sing some weird song, whether it's about kebabs or it's about drinking or, uh, you know, is your girlfriend really going to the cinema when she says that she's going to the cinema? <laughs> That's what the show's all about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I think we'll... Um, well, I'll play that song next week. I like that. It's uh, it's a good one. And um, they, they've said that we can play it as well, so we might even be able to get them on the show at some time as well. I think it'll be quite good fun. Super, so. super. And uh, Shakers, as always, many, 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 many thanks for all your support. Please, would you send Yorma or me a message and tell us what you're up to, tell us what the crack is, and please send us all your funny travel stories about being misunderstood abroad when you have been trying to speak, of course, that foreign language. Yeah. And also, please follow Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast on Facebook. But even more importantly, when you finish listening to this show, can you please share the link that you're listening to on your social media? That way, more people can hear about us. Ah, oh, Jesus, Jimmy, I nearly... Nearly forgot, and I'd be murdered because she's one of our number one avid listeners. Pauline, we're lackey. Is 60 tomorrow, Jimmy? I know, like a fine wine that woman is. Never feckin' ages. I'm sure now, Pauline, that you're going to be um, in one of your locals tomorrow with the girls, Kathy, Eleanor, Mary, blah, blah, blah. I hope you have yourself an absolutely fabulous day. From my good self, Ray, and from Jimmy and all the Shakers. Oh, and by the way, Aaron has gone all kajagoogoo too shy on me to take the microphone and say happy birthday. But he sends all his love and hugs. Have an absolutely fabulous day, Pauline. Happy birthday. Okay, special thanks once again to Hackett Technologies, Joan O'Rourke, and Jamie T. Murphy. <laughs> and thanks to James Joyce Irish Pop Grow Radio in the UK, Eamon McAndrew. And as always, we're back next Friday, Shakers. Good skills. Good skills. Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast was presented by Ray Mack and Yormer Kierko and was produced by James Kirk. No animals or copyright were violated during the making of this podcast. Black Milkshake 2023